Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every Thursday on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. All right, how's it going, everybody? This is the Headliners. Today I'm joined by Quentin Wilson. Uh, James Krause uh, is unable to be with us today because he is doing some stuff uh, for NIU football, uh, covering for the Northern Star. So it's just a two-man squad today. Yeah, um, unfortunately James couldn't be here, but I got your back, James. You know, I got you, bro. Just let me know whatever you need, bro. I got <laughs> you anytime. All right. So we got some uh, fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk some uh, some Cowboys. Uh, yep. We're going to talk some Jalen Ramsey. We're going to sprinkle a little Chicago Bears in there. I know they, uh, they're on their bye week, but there's always something going on with the Bears. Uh, we're going to then switch over to basketball. We're going to talk some uh, Kobe White uh, and a little bit of the Bulls point guard situation. And then uh, we're going to end it off by talking once again about China. But this time we're going to talk about what LeBron has said about it because he has since uh, come into the conversation. All right, let's talk about them boys. So the Cowboys, they took a huge loss to Sam Darnold in the winless Jets. 22 to 24. Sam Darnold, who I might add, just came back from uh, Mono. His first game back. Just, just, it was, it's crazy because he played filthy in his last game. It's just amazing. He had about, let me see, he had 338 yards, two TDs, and a QBR at 113. Just embarrassing Dak. I know Skip Bayless a little upset, but, you know, we keep oh, having a yeah. uh, And the craziest part about this is this is the Cowboys' third straight loss. This is what everyone was talking about at the start of the season, uh, especially when Zeke was going to be out, because if Zeke would have held out, the, uh, the Cowboys could have said, like, oh, well, we have these games coming up. Because if you look at their first three games, they played the Giants, then the Redskins, and then the Dolphins. <laughs> All three of those teams are bad, and they won. Uh, they killed the Dolphins. Uh, they killed the Giants, and uh, I think they're up uh, probably, like, Almost two touchdowns on the Redskins. I forget what the score of that game was. But then they face the Saints without Drew Brees. They lose by two. They face the Packers and get decimated. And I think, was that at home? Um, no, I, 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 I thought initially that was at Lambeau. Oh, was that at Lambeau? And then, yeah, like you said, the Jets. And Darnold just goes off in his first game and back. And they get their first win against them. Like, that's just crazy to me. You got Le'Veon, he gets a touchdown. Uh, Zeke had a good game himself. He had. Oh, that he had was the Jets' first win. Yeah, like it's terrible. But Zeke had a good game himself. He had a buck and yards. He he got a t- touchdown. But I think this this is a good look into Dak contract. Well, yeah, he turned down what what offer did he turn down uh, before the start of summer? Like thirty mil or, or before the start of the season? It I'm was, sorry. It was close. It was close. It was over thirty million, almost close to forty. He wanted to be the highest paid QB in the league. Yeah, especially after seeing Jared's golf deal. Yeah. Now uh, I get why Dak thinks he's owed that much. I mean, he is the starting quarterback on the most popular brand in football. So with that, you th- he should be compensated, especially because he's been on such a small rookie deal. Or th- I mean, he's basically making nothing for quarterbacks. But at the same time, like he asked for forty million dollars a year, no, that a lot. Like, I I think Steph Curry barely makes forty dollars, and Steph Curry's like one of the, and that's like that's NBA money. Exactly, that's it, NBA money. Exactly. I don't. 
it's times like this I kind of agree with like other Cowboys fans that Dak may not be able to carry a team. I feel like $40 million, if you're going to be the highest paid player on the team, you need to be the best player on the team. Like, and we know that's not him. We know it's Zeke. <laughs> we know it's Zeke. Zeke put up his yards. Zeke did what he was supposed to do. But times like this, I, I think Dak needs to show out. He needs to be more Russell Wilson. You know, do things that put him in a position that to get the Cowboys to score. Yeah. I think, like – and he's been like inconsistent in some of these losses. Like he threw three picks against the Packers. <laughs> three picks. Yeah. Now the Packers, the Packers defense has gotten better. Okay. Yeah. I, they've I give, been great. I'll let the folks know the Packers defense has gotten better. But three picks is not going to get it done. It's, it's not forty million. That's yeah, not what you that's, pay for. That's not forty million dollars. So their next game is against the Eagles. And that's a big game. Yeah. Especially after three losses. Yeah. Division game. Both got the same record. Carson Wentz. Dak Prescott. Apparently, Dak has got Carson Wentz's number every time they have played. But we know Eagles, former Super Bowl champs. Mm-hmm. Carson, Carson Wentz was one, was one to front runner for um, MVP. But and he's looked good this year. He does. He does. But um, they actually they last game he they they they, they uh, lost to the Vikings. That's the game where one of their players said we don't have to worry about Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins had his best game this season, yeah. four TDs. Yeah, different story. So both teams coming off some bad losses, yes. basically. So this would be perfect for the Cowboys to get number one in division and to get a good tiebreaker off the Eagles. I don't think they have to worry about the Giants unless they lose to the Giants and make them relevant. <laughs> I, I, I don't see them losing to the Giants as, as bad as they've been lately. Exactly. So. I do think the Eagles game is going to be really interesting. Though. So, then that's a Sunday night game, national TV. So, we can all tune in to see oh, that yeah. 720. Um, I think that's the game we start to see who is Dak Prescott. Because that, that's the Dak versus Carson Wentz game. If we if we can't see Dak outperform Carson Wentz, then we know he's not worth that contract. Yeah, this is a game where he, it's put up or shut up. This is where he makes his money. Because you can't lose to the Eagles and demand $40 million. Exactly. Not the rivals. Not the rival. No. Okay. Uh, All right. So, moving on, we're going to talk Jalen Ramsey. Finally, after weeks of demanding trades out of Jacksonville, I believe it was after their second game of the season where they lost, uh, he wanted out. Uh, I believe uh, their rumblings that he wanted out last season as well. Um, so Jalen Ramsey was finally traded to the Los Angeles Rams, uh, which terrifies me because they're coming up on our schedule, mm, and that yeah. defense is already <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Now, now the Jalen Ramsey trade comes at a funny time. So they traded Marcus Pierce hours before. Yeah, to uh, Baltimore, right? Correct for just just for a fifth rounder though. So they essentially gave him away. Mm-hmm. Um, and a quill to leave is on IR. So the two starter corner quarter ah cornerbacks are out for the for an extended time amount yeah. of time. Now we got Jalen Ramsey, who we know can shut down a half a field, but their other starter Troy Hill, we don't know. We don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who that is. So here comes a time where like we had a private conversation earlier when they don't know you they're just gonna throw the ball that way all the time yes. so we're going to see what troy hill is made of <laughs> definitely definitely maybe he'll have his own uh tim jennings kind of season you know i don't know <laughs> troy hill but 
I think Jalen Ramsey to the Rams is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. They already has a they already have a star studded defense. Yes, and that that will be the difference in several games for them this season, especially with the way Jared Goff's been playing. Like they need that defense. Man, as you know, I do not like Jared Goff. I'll, I'll say that all the time. I do not like Jared Goff. You seen his last game? <laughs> yes. Uh, I hate to say it, but uh, he was my starting quarterback uh, this week in fan or last weekend in fantasy. So I saw. I still won. I still won the week. <laughs> okay. Don't know how. Uh, thank you, Patriots defense. I think they give me twenty some points. I'll have oh, to okay. check back. Great defense of choice. Great defense oh, yes. of choice. But still, he gave me one. So yeah, I dropped him. I, I think I picked up. Uh, Minshew, See, but I think I'm that desperate. Jared Goff is the reason why Dak believes he can get his contract. <laughs> that is true. Like, oh, such a bad contract looking at it now. Like, nah, it's to the point I just think about they had a shootout with the Buccaneers, and then they just flat out get embarrassed by the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see how you I – just, I just don't see how this is like the quarterback for L.A. For, for a big-time city, I just can't see how they can get behind Jared Goff. Now, I will say this. I'm going to be cautionary on this season. I mean, it could be the whole Super Bowl hangover, like just what it what, takes but to – But they didn't win. <laughs> well, yeah, but like just like all – like what it took to get there. Okay. The toll. Okay. So I'm going to be cautionary because golf has looked really good in years past. So – I get uh, A couple years, okay. I, I'm just going right. to be – I'm going to be cautionary. I'm not going to write him off yet and say, oh, bad contract, bad everything, get rid of him. But if he's like this next year for sure, okay, then you can start the but, conversation. But how many eyes. games? How many? How many Jared Golf games can you have? Like how many Jared Golf low games can you take? Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean there you are. You just dropped him from your fantasy team. Well, yeah, okay, that, but that's fantasy is different. <laughs> There's like several quarterbacks I can flip flop back and forth with. That's that's different. I understand. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's a little it's it's definitely different when you're talking like, yeah, this is my franchise quarterback for my team. Um there are high expectations with the Rams. I mean, they did go to the Super Bowl last year. It's the same teams coming back, same coach, everything. So I I don't know what they're going to do. Um I do think this Jalen Ramsey does definitely helps though. Oh. Especially considering at one point they almost went into the next game without any starter corners. So now they managed to get a superstar one back. That's just that's just terrific. That's just good trade, good ownership. That's them staying wanting to stay competitive. So I do give them credit for that. Yeah. All right. So moving on in football, we're gonna bring it a little closer to home for us. Uh, we're gonna talk t- uh, a little bit about the Chicago Bears. Now, for me personally, it feels like the deeper we get into the season, the smaller the light at the end of the tunnel gets. Uh, especially, uh, we lost two players uh, to injury uh, within this week. Uh, Kyle Long uh, is placed on IR for the rest of the season. Um, and Akeem Hicks is going to miss at least the next eight games. Yeah, that's just a terrible loss for the Bears. Two really big players. Kyle Long was a big influence in the locker room. I know he was big for a lot of the young guys, especially the young linemen especially. Uh, he was a terrific leader. A lot of people said good things about him. I never heard nothing bad about Kyle Long. I can say that honestly. Yeah, I, I've heard like a lot of like a lot of the players like him. I've heard like some incidents. I think uh, in a training camp this season or last season, like he punched a player in the face. 
or if, something like that. If it was Kyle alone, they probably deserved it. Oh, it, it is <laughs> definitely possible. Um, but I just I'm I keep thinking about how, like how shaky the offensive line has been this year, and that that really hurts losing him. Yeah, and it sucks because the line never been a strong suit for the Chicago Bears. Never. So like just losing a veteran, like a leader, that's uh, it's hard. It's hard. I know Matt Nagy um, had already started to uh, change some people on the line, intimately some new people, try to get some new run schemes going. He said, but I know this Kyle Long hit was a big deal. I know. Yeah, and also it brings into question like this is definitely not the first time we've seen Kyle Long out with an injury, out for the season with an injury. It brings to question: Is this it for Kyle Long in Chicago? Is this it for Kyle Long in the NFL? Um, he's been in the league for a while now, and uh, injuries have taken a toll. And we've seen a lot of players lately retire early because of that, and teams move off of players because of that. Well, that's I know, and that's a sensitive subject now because we can't we can't make that call. That's up to well, the doctors can only give advice, and I know being a lineman, you get a lot of you get a lot of calf injuries, and you get a lot of bicep injuries, arm injuries. And you just always having contact with somebody, so that's always a lot of stress on your body. Like it says yeah. here, he's six six three thirteen. Like that, that's a huge guy. That, you're moving, <laughs> a, you're moving a lot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's something he gotta figure out with his body and see if the coaches can see if he can keep up, keep up his um, keep up his his ability to keep with the offensive line, keep blocking with the different switches and schemes. But it seems as of right now they're trying to move. They're already moving away from him, at least for the short term. I think the Akeem Hicks one is gonna hurt differently for the Bears though, because he he was he was big for the defense. I believe he played the defensive tackle, correct? So yeah. he often he stopped the gaps, helped the run game, well the defensive run games. You know, shut a lot of things down. And going into the next game, Saints Alvin Kamara. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty good backup. Yeah, he's doing his thing, almost making people remember he was once a starter. And he was really <laughs> good as a starter that uh right before he got hurt. Exactly. It's it's terrible how they just just cut players away. Like you don't even give them the second chance. That's the reality play. though, especially with the quarterbacks. Let the man earn let the man pain man the same way. Y'all just gonna tell him he's done. <laughs> Think about that. Y'all gonna tell me I'm done. Then he's going to go win another Super Bowl a few years later. And where are you guys at? Oh, you're, uh, the guy you replaced him with is retired. Y'all hurt. y'all killed him. Yeah. Yeah, never gave him the line he wanted. So, But back to the Bears. Big game against the Saints. Big game against Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, they're optimistic about him coming back. Yeah, for that Saints game, right? Yes. So hopefully – he still he could have a good rhythm going. The Bears could Nagy could work up some of his special offensive magic. He said he made some new adjustments, so hopefully we can see more running because a lot of people have been complaining about how the Bears haven't been running a lot lately. Yep, I picked Tariq Cohen in my fantasy this year, so I'm well aware. Yeah, they they only throw screens to him. Yeah, <laughs> and they got him for special. So hopefully him and David Montgomery can start getting more touches and take some of the pressure off Trubisky. Yeah, where he can start making some of his some of his own cue throws, and then if the Bears play their game, easy win. Yeah, I we just need to see something from the offense because 
if our defense is losing guys like Akeem Hicks, we're definitely going to need the other side of the ball to step up, the players on the other side of the ball. Um, and, we're, and it's going to be – the reality of the situation is if we don't have something from both sides of our team, offense and defense, we're not a contender. Like, we have to wake up and realize that if our offense is going to be as bad as it was the first couple weeks, we're, we're, we, ha- we can forget about a Super Bowl – or even get in there, or even making it past the first round if we make the playoffs. You're definitely right. We got to, at the very least, the Bears got to show consistency, show the ability to always be a threat to score. It's to the point now teams are looking to see can we score, and we haven't shown them. So, oh, yeah, by the way, Tyler Gabriel's coming back. Oh, Taylor Gabriel's coming <laughs> yeah, back from his concussion. Exactly. So we, that makes just, me feel a little he better. He just had a big game before he went down. He had well, same he had, game. Exactly. Uh, was three touchdowns in a co- second quarter. Exactly. So yeah, that's gonna also be huge. So we gonna have two big weapons back. You know, we didn't have Mitch for two games. So I believe the Bears can still be a playoff team. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not giving up hope yet. I'm just cautious. I understand that. <laughs> I understand. As a Chicago fan, you yes. always have to be cautious. Yes, yes. <laughs> no matter what the sport is. Yes. Cubs, Bears, Bulls. Blackhawks are yeah. – Oh, but, but when Blackhawks are good, they're usually good. When they're bad, you know they're bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually tell us when to come around. <laughs> they actually tell, join yeah. us this year. <laughs> it's like Bulls will be like – it'll be December. We're first in the Eastern Conference in the standings and then come like – April, we're three games out of the eighth seed. Fighting the Nets. <laughs> we must beat the Nets for the last game of the seed, for other playoffs or whatever. <laughs> it's just – let's just go straight to the Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> let's just just go speaking of Bulls, uh, Kobe White uh, has uh, been thrown into the discussion of where sh- what should his role be with the team at the start of the season. He's looked really good uh, in the preseason. Uh, he's improved almost every single game, at least in the box score from what I've seen. Uh, well, it was just announced that Thomas Sadoransky, who the Bulls signed to a three-year deal ahead of the season, is going to get the starting role. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Isn't it's not that he's – I feel like he does – I feel like he did play the best, honestly, in terms of from from preseason, what we've seen from him last year, what he can do. But I, want, I like the idea of trying to have one of the other guards start, mainly because we already know what Thomas can do, and we need to be able to see what the others can do. So, like, looking at it right now, he would have been a perfect six-man to me because now I feel like Chicago doesn't have a bench. Yeah, we have Kobe White on the bench, but I feel like he can't. It's hard to establish yourself as a playmaking point guard off the bench. Well, see, for me, I'm okay with him coming off the bench. Uh, just hear me out. So, in the starting lineup, we have Thomas uh, Sadoransky. He's going to be passing the ball, uh, making the plays, uh, guarding the guards, because he's a bigger guy. Yeah, he's so six, he he's keeps- 6'7. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a lot of length you're throwing in front of Russell Westbrook or Steph Curry or somebody like that. Then you have, uh, at the two, you have Zach Levine. Uh, he's probably going to be the leading scorer this year. Then you have Otto Porter Jr. He needs to get his touches. And then you have Laurie Markkinen, who probably should be more of a focus of the offense. And then you have Wendell Carter Jr. He doesn't need to score. 
So yeah. you don't have to worry. He's got, he's there to get the boards and play D. Yeah. So for me, if you put Kobe White into the starting lineup, I'm not completely sold on his playmaking ability. I know I, I, I saw him make some nice passes and stuff like that. But as like a pass-first player, which I feel like he'd need to be more of when playing alongside Zach and Laurie, uh, I feel like they're going to be fighting for touches. So that's why I think it's better if he comes off the bench. Because Sedaransky doesn't need to be scoring. That is true. That so, is true. And Kobe White proved that yeah. he can come in and score off the bench. Yeah, he can. But Kobe White doesn't strike me as a bucket getter. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't – like, Lou Williams, step back, dribble. Like, Lou Williams got a tunnel vision. It's him. He don't even see you really. He see the bucket. Um, Kobe White doesn't really play like that. Not not saying Kobe White can't score, of course. Like, Kobe White, he can – I feel like one day he'll be a 20-plus score. I, I, I see a 2010 out of him. I think he'll average, like – I think he'll be better than John Wall. Oh. I really do. Like, statistically, I think he'll be better than John Wall. That's pretty bold. I mean, I hope so. I, I hope mean, right. I, I hope so. But like, John Wall' best year was like twenty-two and twelve. Uh, he might have had a twenty-five year, something like that. Think so? Let me look it up. But meanwhile, with Col- with Kobe, I don't really see him as a like a big-time scorer. I do think like he'll be a, a he'll be better as a passer, and I do think he need a chance to develop that off the bench. I do think he'll get his points. He'll stretch the floor. But it's just the fact that looking at the bench all together, it's like Chandler Hutchison, Shaq Harrison, Archie, Archie Diacono, Chris Dunn, like a bunch of people who don't really know their role. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of like everybody after the starting five is fighting for a job almost. There's, I don't, I need, I want Stradaransky to be there to not only be like a stability to keep them together, but also because since he's six seven and we don't have a lot of good wings, so we can. We can actually try that three guard lineup. You know, it looked like it looked like it looked like they liked it. Yeah. So it'll be it'll just be I'll just see him off the bench would just allow us to be more versatile in different different positions. All but right. now in terms of development, I do think you're right though. I do think him being Kobe White being on the bench will be better for him. Yeah, now I'm not saying that like maybe he wouldn't start at some point during the season. I'm just saying probably for right away it'd probably be best until like the team figures out who they are. Because it's a young team. There's a lot of young players that have to come together and learn how to play together. I mean, what is nice is coming into this season is most of the team from the end of last season is coming into this season together. Now, there are players that I see there where I want them gone. I Like, I don't want to see them there past the trade deadline. Cristiano Felicio's uh, yes, mainly yes, one. He got to go. I think they got to do something with Chris Dunn because it's obvious the management isn't big on him anymore, and we have five point guards on the roster. Like now, he had a pretty okay preseason, but I'm pretty sure they just like uh, they're clearly not sold on him. Yeah, that's why they drafted Kobe. Yeah, like they they're clearly looking for a different person. Um, it's kind of like almost like no matter what he does, he's always gonna be seen as like doing something wrong. So, and it's hard because I heard they already tried to trade them. Yeah. <laughs> so that, it hasn't really been a secret for the last couple months. <laughs> exactly. So no one wants Felicio. No one wants him. So what do you, what do you do as the bull? What do you do as the Bulls? Uh well, in the case of Felicio, 
if you could package both of them together, because Chris Dunn might make Felicio more attractive to a team, um, it, it'd have to be like a bottom feeder team, a team that's not looking to do anything because they don't want to take on the last – I think he has two years left on his original like four-year $32 million deal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that bad. Uh, you'd probably have to mortgage some second-round picks uh, to package with Felicio uh, if you try to move him at least by himself and maybe even with Chris Dunn. Uh, so, and, but Bulls like to get rid of their second-round picks, so that probably won't be uh, too tough for them. Uh, nope. just, just to clarify the John Wall thing. Yeah, I just pulled it up. 23 and, t- 23 and 11 if we round up. Yeah, in 2017-2016-17. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I think Kobe can get there. It's possible. I don't know if the assist totals will be up. I hope though. I hope so. I hope he becomes a good player. I can see him being like an all-star one day just from how I saw him play. Like I like how he cuts the rim and then gets the hole and like how he's not afraid to take contact. Right. Uh he can uh catch and shoot. Um he's getting better at shooting off the dribble. I saw that a lot especially against the Pacers. He was doing a lot of uh that uh just moving around the floor, seeing where he could find an open shot. Uh recognizing Mitch mismatches when the bigger guy would come on to him yeah uh, i feel like he got a nice feel for the game he definitely he definitely knows what to do when to do it it's just a matter he got to be comfortable matter yeah. of free flowing knowing knowing perfect timing knowing his teammates knowing his coach but i do think he's gonna be a very special player i do think that's the draft pick i wanted like seeing knowing seeing the roster seeing the uh, draft order and knowing most likely what was gonna happen like we all know zion going number one and stuff so oh yeah I wanted Kobe, North Carolina guard, good division, always got high competition, good coaching. Mm. So I feel like he has the credentials. It's just about a matter of time, but when we going to see it. Yeah. I was okay with the pick. Uh, I had my reservations just because, like, of the kind of player he was and who we already had on the roster, uh, mainly just how he'd fit with Zach Levine. But from what I'm seeing, those reservations are starting to go to the wayside. I feel more comfortable with the pick. Now, when we drafted him, I did recognize, like, we need a point guard. That's the best player available at that <laughs> position. So I'm fine because for whatever the reason, the Cavs picked Garland when uh, they didn't need to pick Garland. Yeah, they just got Colin Saxton last yeah. year. Yeah, so. so I was sitting there like, are you kidding me? But every they said they was going to do that. <laughs> that was the weird thing. Yeah. They, they told people they were going to do that, but it was just. They're like, we're going to take Garland. Uh, trade us something or we're taking him. Yeah, basically. Basically, I don't want to. I think they, I think they like him though. That's the funny thing. They do like him. I don't know if they like. I don't know if they were really big on Saxton. I don't know they big on his energy. But I don't know if they're big on his potential. Yeah. But they definitely, they seem like they, they like Garland. They, <laughs> they definitely do. I don't know if he's a cornerstone to gar- to build around though. All right. So moving on from the Bulls, we're gonna uh, take our conversation back to China. Uh, this time, LeBron James has inserted himself into the conversation. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So he did make a comment about Daryl Morey's initials comment <laughs> saying that Daryl Morey wasn't educated enough to make the comment and then later followed up with a series of tweets clarifying himself in his position. And I personally think that if it comes to a fact that you got to make a barrage of tweets to clarify yourself, you shouldn't have been talking about someone else at that moment. Um, to say a person is uneducated and then to not even fully explain yourself at the time. So in the tweets, he tries to say he was uneducated 
about the business side, about the things, about the things that could happen to the NBA and the people who are there in China. But in the interview, he did not make that clear. Yeah. Watching the interview, um, I I was so upset. For me, I was never a LeBron fan. At the player, LeBron. I was never a fan of the player. But in recent years, I've grown to really respect LeBron, uh, what he yes. does beyond basketball, yes. through his social activism, uh, what he does in his community, what he does for uh, uh, the inner city kids, what he does for kids of color that um, – they're already like there's so much going on in this country with racial issues mm-hmm. and stereotypes, issues with the police and everything like that. And he was a pillar of light. Like he was drawing light to this issue, making what he was doing bigger than basketball. He wasn't shutting up and dribbling. And I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And just what he's been saying with the whole China thing, like, yeah, it's not your country, but at the same time, like You've said, like, there was a tweet, and I just saw it again, where he said, here, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, but, like, it's just, there's like, it seems like he's almost being a hypocrite in a way. Uh, so this is what he said last year. Um, and I, he might have been quoting Martin Luther King Jr., I'm not quite sure. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. It's easy to tweet that when you're not there. So, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. I'm a person who believes that when you have a position, you got to stand on that position. Now, was LeBron right? He is right. You can't. You can't make. You can't make. Um. You can't pick a side. I feel it's hard in foreign affairs. I feel like that's why it's a bit. That's why a lot of issues we have in America are so big now. It's always us getting involved in someone else's problems. I'm not the person to say if we should or shouldn't. He is not the person to say if we should or shouldn't. So I don't think people like us should make those calls. The most he the most he could have said is honestly what he thought. But he said he was there for a week to play basketball. And that's what he tried to shed light on. But at the same time, if you're that public figure, if you believe what the quote, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, that, that's correct. So if you believe that quote, then I give you benefit of the doubt. The moment you get out of China, <laughs> you supposed to, you should say something. You should say, I seen it firsthand. I don't believe it. I don't believe, I don't believe in this. That's it. Just, just what you believe in that. But I guess this is a money issue, and people don't like when money is interfered with. That's what I'm worried about, like, because I felt like LeBron, because, I mean, the dude has a billion-dollar contract with Nike. And I I just feel like, well, I thought that, I feel like maybe he should not have, like, the money, if that's why he's kind of sidestepping the issue at times and, kind of how the way he's addressed the issue i'm just worried maybe is it a money thing with him and that's why he's kind of handling it the way he is because obviously if he's going to take a position against china and maybe stand up for what's going on in hong kong and stuff like that that's going to negatively affect 
his brand in China. That's probably going to affect Nike. That's going to affect the Lakers' brand in China. Um, and so, yeah, yeah money's going like, to be lost there. But if you are the activist you say you are, you're right. You do got to stand up. I th- it's not your – like I said, you, you can't tell people other what's right or wrong, but you can give your honest opinion. If you feel the fact that they can't browse the Internet freely is a problem, you can come back and say they don't know what they're missing. They should be able to browse the Internet. But I don't think for him to – I don't think you should backtrack. I don't think you should, like, go – especially you should fight someone who has the same side as you. So for him to go at Daryl Murray and say he's wrong – it also, you see the outlook. It looks like he's not on Daryl Morey's side. And Daryl Morey's was pro-Democrat. So now Americans have a problem with that. Yeah, or, well, it's more like uh, the Rockets have a problem because, like, he's representing them and they have strong ch- ties well, yeah, with China. Yeah, I, and he I took a that. position to where, like, he's a person in power where uh, what he says, like, it looks like the Rockets believe that too. But I'm saying, but you see – even you, but you see, he did it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So like, when he did it, the the problem wasn't even with us. The problems with NBA, China, and how China sees the Rockets. Yes. Now the problem is with how we see LeBron. <laughs> yes, and and turn the NBA. Now I think Adam Silver's handling this well. It seems like he's not um, trying to ignore the. He's trying to like make things work with China, but at the same time, he's he's not denouncing what Maury said either yeah I do I do like that because I believe they said LeBron wanted Maury to get looked at yeah fine. I saw that and like he wanted the NBA to punish Maury which yeah like that who is he to say that he's a play, like I get LeBron's like probably has the most sway out of anybody in the league but at the end of the day he's still a player he shouldn't be able to make that decision or make that request that's a GM on someone else's team exactly and uh, you you definitely right. He definitely. I feel like he has a strong point, but he definitely didn't get it out the way it needs to be get out. Cause now it looks like he overstepping his boundaries. I feel like. Yeah, and he he's usually so well spoken. I'm I'm just shocked that like, I don't know if he's still not saying it correctly or if something's getting misinterpreted. But it's it's kind of confusing. I don't I don't know. We 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 wasn't over there, and he said it's different if you actually been over there, but. I still, like I said, soon I step back on land. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that over there. They don't. Y- y'all know I couldn't. Y'all know I couldn't tweet. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like that. That would be me when I come back. Like, I, I'm not judging. I'm just saying I can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, it's ways to get around it and still be able to inform people of what's going on. And people expect athletes to know how to do that. And athletes are not journalists. They're athletes. Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at the Northern Stars website, northernstar.info, under the multimedia section for all our podcasts and the sports section for all our articles and columns. Follow James on Twitter at jkrauspro, Quentin at freelyaskq, and myself at jaredhuffns.